Hello and welcome to the only show where this intro joke is one quarter portion as funny as the rest. I'm Matt. I'm Luke. And I'm Max. And this is Force for Thought. All right. Hello and welcome back to Force for Thought, everybody. Happy New Year. I, this is like the third episode I think that we released this I know, new but year. It's but it's the first one we're recording in the new year. Exactly. So it's important to us. Yes. And uh, today we'll be talking about uh, Rebel Moon, A Child of Fire. That is indeed the right title. Like, every time I read it, it doesn't seem correct, um, but it is. But first, we're going to shoot the ship and I'm going to let Maxwell take over. Yeah. So... Uh, I just wanted to kind of encourage our followers to reach out to us and follow us on social media. Uh, we don't post uh, big announcements very often, but it's exciting when we do. And if you do follow us on Instagram, uh, you will recently see that we made an announcement regarding our very own Matthew. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a father for the first time. Yes, indeed. I'm very excited. Thank you. Matthew. It's very exciting. What we didn't say on Instagram is that Luke and his wife are also expecting their second child. Yes. No, are you really? Uh-huh. You My wife is pregnant. We'll be due in August. Why? I've been hanging out with you for hours. No, you didn't tell me. <laughs> nope. We wanted to save it for the pod. Oh my <laughs> I god. I got my wife's permission. <laughs> she was here too, hanging out. She yeah. was. Mhm. Oh, I knew, man. I knew something was going to be up. My god. Man, I'm yeah. so happy for We're you. Very excited. Congrats. We're have kids at the same time. We are. Oh, we're best friends. Um, you, I assume you don't know what you're having or anything. This is, see, that would throw it off, Luke. <laughs> we do not. No. Are you going to find out? When yeah. is how? So how we're far along? Eight is weeks she? along. Eight, that's it. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Mm, yeah, around eight weeks. I don't so know. you just had well, your doctor's doing appointment. August. I don't know. Do 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 the math. <laughs> see, you see what I mean? This is why we should. Think of when this episode comes out, like, uh, it was like oh, jeez, I didn't even think about when this episode comes out. No, all right, just do in August. That's all. You, that's all is, the information wait, you're Are getting. you going to announce this to everybody else though, too? So before we, before, what do you mean everybody else? Before this episode comes out, like, are you going to well, tell? Well, Max them? already knew. <laughs> I did already know, and that's no. because the other thing that we didn't say, which is that mm-hmm. me and my wife are expecting our third child no. this year as well. Are you yes. really? <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. Congratulations, How Max. Is that, is, oh, is that why? Is that why Lauren wants uh, snaps for yeah. Max? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hug you guys. I can't not do this. <laughs> I don't care. It's the podcast. Oh, congrats, guys! What the? F- Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, Maxwell, we're all oh. having babies. Oh my god. That's insane. Okay. A lot of force for thought babies coming in 2024. Man, our audience is going to double. <laughs> When, so when's when's Lauren do us to our three kids? So when's Lauren do that? Uh, around the exact same time as uh, Hannah, around August. Oh my God, Dad, this is insane. Oh, we're gonna all have very newborn babies. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna take over the podcast when we're busy, dude? I know. Oh my God! Wow, <laughs> amazing! Shoot the ship! Thank God you took that over. I would have bombed the section. <laughs> I don't yeah, I wanted to include it in shoot the ship, and so as soon as you started saying all that, I was like, yeah, we'll think of something to say. I don't know. That's the whole purpose of the segment. It's it's not really structured, you know. We'll oh, just, we'll just man. shoot the ship a little bit. My heart is very full. This is insane. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm gonna be so thrown off. 2024 <laughs> is coming up big for Force for Thought. Yeah, apparently, man, that's huge. This is the first episode we're recording of the night too. So Matt has like two and a half hours of podcast recording ahead of him, and the entire time he's gonna be like, "I have so much other stuff to talk about now." I do. I know <laughs> this is insane. How long are you guys trying for? <laughs> like, 
ever since you announced, we were like, wow, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> Got to get in on that action. Yeah, you can't let him be the only one. As you guys were just yeah. like, yeah, we've done this twice now, once now. And so, yeah. It's, uh, Matt made a know. joke as soon as he, he said that he was pregnant. He was like, yeah, so now all those haters on uh, online are going to know for a fact that I've had sex. That's true. I was going to make Luke that joke. And Luke and I were like, ah, that's actually a really good point. We should. We should. <laughs> Even though we already have kids, we should yeah. jump on that as well. Yeah. There's one of the first comments for one of the first videos we were posted. Somebody said, tell me you're a virgin without telling me you're a virgin. And I was like, A, that joke is very old saying that like format. So fuck you. And uh, B, whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't, which, which I don't hold grudges. On? Which one was that? Uh, it was the one when I think you said like rank the ships. I, or Luke did. It was oh, like, one it was the, like when we were first testing oh, stuff yeah, out. One of our social media posts. Yes. I remember that. Literally one of the first like episodes, I think. Or one of the, it was in the first couple episodes, I think. We were just like, how do we mm-hmm. do this thing? And then you guys obviously blew up on social media and I still don't take part in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we have a, a very popular video on social media of Matt and I at Taylor Swift concert. Yes. And Matt gets very defensive about it because everyone's <laughs> like do. hating on us for watching a movie there. And Matt's like, it's a joke. We're actually really big fans. Um, but it I was a blast. Uh, Matt, a video on Instagram of that video. Another person, another Instagram account uh, stole that video and reposted it again. Yeah, that was treacherous. The worst part, though, is that they keep getting smaller because clearly, like, the person cropped our information out and then stole it. And then yeah. that person stole the other person's and cropped it smaller. So it's getting smaller and smaller. Treacherous. To start going in every comment section. <laughs> Get it? Treacherous. Oh. The Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Good look, good. All the actual Swifties we have home. <laughs> Not you guys that just watched Star Wars at the concert. I went to the concert and I watched it. Yeah, it was a great concert. And Luke's going again as well. I saw the movie as well. I did not see the movie, but I'm going again in November. Super excited. Uh, there was another seg- uh, another topic I wanted to talk about when we're shooting the ship. It kind of pales in comparison to all of the birth we're going to be I feel like we should just stop the pot. I don't know, guys. I'm really... Th- I'm just like, Mac, uh, my best friend's going to have his third child, who I'm so excited about, and the two kids are adorable, and Luke Taylor, I love you to death, and you're going to have your second? Mm-hmm. Um, I hate you guys for saving this. <laughs> we, we, literally, all three of us and our wives and the children were hanging out upstairs like an hour ago. And I know. I wanted yeah, to say it so many me. times. Yeah, it was awful. I feel like such an asshole to sit up there and not do it. <laughs> um, but anyway, at uh, Christmas this past week, because this is the first time we're recording over the new year, uh, at my wife's family, I was talking to one of her cousin's kids who is five, who I've never really talked to before. I'm not really close with her cousin. They're not big Star Wars fans and... They do like sports, and I'm not a big sports fan, so it's only ever been like polite small talk, but out of nowhere, their five-year-old all of a sudden loves Star Wars, so he and I were talking about Star Wars, but he doesn't know anything about it. He just likes it, and his parents have never seen any of it. What? And oh, so... He sorry, was, you should watch Star Wars. You know, if, you don't, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you can watch it. Um, but he was telling me that he likes uh, Cal, and I said, Cal? Like Cal Kestis? And he just shrugged his shoulders and he's like, I don't know. And I said, Are you thinking of Kai, the, the young Jedi from Young Jedi Adventures? And he said, No, Cal. And then I asked his mom, I was like, Do you know who he's talking about? And she said, Yeah, he was watching Star Wars at my parents' house. He likes Cal. And I said, like, Cal Kestis is a video game character. Are you sure it was that? And she was like, Yeah, there were subtitles. It was C A L. And there was also Bravo and Seer. And I was like, He was watching a video. He was watching Jedi Survivor. What do you mean he was just watching Star Wars? And she's like, I don't know. He was watching Star Wars. And so now we're big Star Wars fans together. And I had uh, some Bad Batch toys in my car. So I went and got them and gave them to him. And then we were playing Bad Batch. And uh, he doesn't know anything about Star Wars. And I was like, these characters are all, well, I didn't want to say clones because that's a complicated topic. And I said, they're all brothers. And he said, oh, I have brothers. And I was like, yeah, it's 
kind of like that. And he said, do they have any other brothers? And I said, oh, yeah, they have lots <laughs> of other brothers. Quite a few. And, then, well, and you, you said, a million more on the way. And you're like, here's my favorite, Clone 99. <laughs> this one's a cripple. <laughs> one of the adults was like, oh, these all, they all look the exact same. And I said, well, yeah, they're clones. And they said, oh, so why aren't they the exact same? And I said, well, these are a bad batch of clones. <laughs> and they said, oh, so it's a bad, they're bad guys? And I said, no, they're good guys. <laughs> Including this one? And they point to Crosshair, and you're like, okay, all right. That was back up. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what happened, because the set of Bad Batch toys sucks. It was Hunter, Wrecker, Echo, and Crosshair in his Imperial armor, and no tech. And so that's that, that's lame for a set yeah. of Bad Batch toys, for one. But then, yeah, I also had to explain all of that, and he knows literally nothing. He has a dark side sticker book, and that's it. He thought that it's the dark side and the good side, and I had to like tell him, like, no, it's actually the dark side and the light side, and uh, I wanted to give him another toy because we were having so much fun, but the only other toy in my car was what I think is quite literally the least fun toy I could have possibly given him, so I didn't, but what do you... <laughs> As a thought experiment, what do you think would be the worst toy you could give a five-year-old well, besides, that knows nothing about Star Wars if you're giving him a Star Wars toy? Um, well, I said, I was joking, I don't think they make a Clone 99 action figure, but that'd be pretty <laughs> high up there as one of the worst. Maybe like a generic Gungan warrior? No, that'd be cool because they look neat. No, it was a Grand Moff Tarkin toy. <laughs> is, yeah, that, that, that is old guy human there. bad guy comes with a torture droid. Yeah, oh that uh, he you can just like smell the old on him. <laughs> so I did not share that toy with him, but it was a blast. We talked a lot about Kit Fisto when he asked to learn about another Star Wars character. We learned a lot about Nadar Veb, Kit Fisto's Pradawan. <laughs> That's I, if I play my cards right, I will be breeding the second biggest Kit Fisto fan. <laughs> don't say that. Don't, don't go cult like with it. That's that's so interesting though, and that's something that we've talked about before on the podcast. And that I feel like Matt talks about the most of the three of us, which is like jumping on points and mm. where people learn to love Star Wars. Yeah, this kid's experience. I need to check in on him in ten years if he like continues to follow up with this. Because his jumping on point is presumably like watching the cutscenes of Jedi Survivor on YouTube. He's going to yeah. love Star Wars if he loves that. Yeah. <laughs> his parents were asking me because they have not seen any Star Wars. And, and they he were wasn't like, playing the game. No, he was watching yeah, cutscenes of Jedi Survivor. I don't know. His grandma, quote, put on Star Wars. That's all the information I have. With the grandma? How did the grandma? You should have given grandma your phone and be like, Grandma, put on Star Wars. <laughs> I need what does that this. mean to you? Yeah. Um,. But so many his parents asked me like what they should start showing him, and I was like, oh well, it's all like mostly aimed at kids. Um, and they said, well, we started watching like The Mandalorian when Baby Yoda was such a big deal, and I thought that was kind of adult. And I was like, yeah, that's that's aimed at an older audience. It's like the kids that were around in the '70s and '80s are now 40 year olds, and yeah. it was kind of made for them. And they said, oh okay, so like some of the cartoons. And I was like, yeah. And I was holding the Bad Batch toys. And I was like, but not this one. <laughs> and maybe not so much the later seasons of Rebels. Right. And also or the later seasons of Clone Wars. And maybe don't start with actually, the, the prequels. It's actually not a good idea to just go for cartoons. Because odds are you're going to miss. That's if true. If you're going for just Which age appropriate to a five-year-old. Is so why I told her just the original trilogy is a good starting point. I agree full-heartedly. Which we should do an episode about that. Because <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. And I don't want to go into it. But I, that's a great... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's safe. So if nothing else, it's safe. <laughs> but so yes. is the prequel trilogy, though. And I feel like for a five-year-old especially, like you're telling this five-year-old to sit down to watch A New Hope, they're not going to... No, I know, that's what I thought. Phantom Menace? We have a five-year-old nephew, and he loves the original trilogy. And I was like kind of blown away when he told me that. It works but, for a reason, you know? I, don't, I can't get into it. I can't, don't want to get into it. <laughs> 
We're not talking about Rebel Moon anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we I can't believe we're talking about Rebel. It's a little bit, you know, not to bury the lead, but uh, not to not bury the lead, but like I can't believe we we're, we're announcing you having we're all having children on a Rebel Moon episode. <laughs> like that's gonna piss me off to no end. Like when you're gonna like, want to relive this moment for years, you'd be like, oh, got to listen to them talk about yes. Zack Snyder. When we're like our our children or like teenagers, are like, oh, let's listen to that episode when they all talk about having kids, and they're like. <laughs> Maybe not, though. <laughs> Maybe we'll just listen to the first 15 minutes. Because <laughs> there is going to be some rants involved. Anyway. Well, I don't think we can top anything with that. With the shoot the ship. I think that was a yeah, very that, fine that, segment. That ship has been shot. You want to go into Star Wars in the news? Yeah. Hit us with it. Oh, I got nothing, Max. You wrote stuff down. I didn't write that down. I thought you did. No. I, I might have wrote it down, but I thought you were going to present it as the host. I'm sorry. No, I don't, no, I don't no. remember oh, what, okay. I, what, please, what was it that I wrote. Please run with <laughs> You said Bad Batch Season 3 and Tales of the Jedi Season 2 confirmed. Oh, that's right. Uh, yes, because when we record... Sorry, I'm stealing this now. Because when we <laughs> recorded last, when we were talking about the news, that was one of the things that we talked about, was specifically that there was an article talking about all the shows confirmed for 2024, and those were absent from it. Yes. And so we talked yep. about it. And then before that episode even aired, <laughs> news dropped that, oh yeah, and these shows are confirmed now as well. And I was Which, like, it. Once again, just to confirm, we are not journalists breaking news. We are just talking about the Correct. news. Just reacting. Yes. Just Star giving Wars, our thoughts. Yeah, yeah And exactly. my thoughts pro I, I like these shows yeah, i'm glad that they're coming back i wasn't really worried that they weren't going to i thought it was kind of obvious that that um article that I was talking about like um the shows that are coming the acolyte and the uh, skeleton crew that was like talking about live action shows and other yeah highbrow shows of other uh properties and so i'm not surprised that they left off the animation and i'm not surprised that the animation is coming but it's good to know for sure do we ever do they know a release date on those Mm-mm. Yeah, it's 2024. But I mean, I'll I'll take that. It's gonna be sad to see Something's Bad Batch. It's gotta be pretty soon. I would imagine it's it is weird that the lapse, but I also do feel like they are doing like a rebuilding time. Of obviously, you know, we're talking about different movies and stuff, and this is not necessarily news. But the director of the Ray movie had someone asked her about it today, or maybe it was a couple days ago, and she's like, "Oh, we're gonna create something special." People are like freaking out with that headline. Have you, have you saw that? It's like. She says that basically that's it, and then people are like making all these. The people are like prepare for something special. It's like oh no, that's literally the, just the quote, just mm-hmm. rearranged. Um, I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> Honestly, oh, well, I thought that was the other oh, new segment that you soon. wanted to talk about for Star Wars in the news. No, I, I wrote it down just because I also just think that like having this is the first female director of a, of a Star Wars movie, which I think is a huge deal. Uh, again, specifically with movie, I know Bryce Dallas Howard has directed, and uh, I forget her name for from Kenobi, but uh, obviously this is the first feature length film directed by a woman, uh, which is. Uh, obviously, a hu- a hu- it's a huge win. and Something Chow. Catherine Chow? No, you're thinking of Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow. Sure. That's yeah, who I was yeah, thinking of. Yeah, that's who, who did Kenobi. That's who did Kenobi. Oh, did Kenobi. Yeah, yes. sorry. Yes. I thought you were talking about Charmino uh, Boyd Chinoy, who's doing... Um, the Ray movie. The Ray movie. No, mm-hmm. no, yeah, yeah. She is doing the Ray movie, and the first female director to do a live-action um, yeah, feature length, which is really cool. I don't know. I just saw that in the news, and um, I think that's really cool, and we were talking about how uh, sexist I think the original trilogy can be, and or... Uh, the, the holiday special rather re- more recently and so yeah and the original trilogy and the prequels and times. yeah star wars anything with george lucas's name attached to it <laughs> really just seems to be uh, anyway that's star wars in the news do uh, shall we move on to the topic of the day yeah what uh, we we've already teased it a little but we're talking about rebel moon yes uh, i said would you once, care to tell us why <laughs> would you would you uh can you guess the the subheader of this movie even though i've already said it uh no child, exactly. child of fire yes yeah does that sound wrong um, you know what part two is called? Mm-mm. On the top of your sack? Star Giver. Yes. The Star Giver. The, the Star Giver. Because they said it in the movie. Anyway, today we're talking about Rebel Moon, A Child of Fire. 
Um, you know, like Luke said, why are we talking about this? Um, I've heard conflicting things back and forth, um, but this was originally conceived as a Star Wars property by Zack Snyder. I have seen it being said that it was uh, pitched to Disney when they acquired Star Wars in 2012. Um, but then I also saw that the, he was pitching it originally to Lucasfilm, and then once Disney acquired it, it was dead in the water. So I've seen both ways. I don't know. I, I don't know the correct one. Um, I think I've seen it more that was pitched to Disney, and then it just kind of dissolved. Um, but you know, Zack Snyder thought the uh, idea was so good that he turned it into a not Star Wars idea. Again, I think it was just the seed of it, the idea, and then he really expanded it, obviously, to to make it its own, and it is its own thing. Um, so that's why we're talking about it today. I kind of want to talk about the movie in general. Give a review. Give a synopsis. I have a lot of overarching thoughts of what this movie kind of represents. I don't know if you guys looked at my notes at all. I was hoping you didn't. I saw that um, you had a lot, but I did not read them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I couldn't be bothered to read all um, that when I'm going to be good, subjected think... to listening to it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then and then um, the other reason would just be what if the what are the implications or what would it be like if Rebel Moon was indeed actually a Star Wars property? Um, again, this is kind of a bit of a mix um, because it's not originally Luke was uh, kind of uh, didn't want to do the idea because it's not, it's not fully star Wars, but I think the implications of what it, if it was a star Wars uh, movie or show, what, what it would, you know, the implications would be so different. Sorry, Luke, you're, you really want to talk. No, I just wanted to uh, talk about that. Cause you know, the, there's the three of us doing this podcast and we have disagreements sometimes. And I did not want to do this as an episode because like Zack Snyder wanted this to be a star Wars movie and it isn't. So what? I didn't see the connection. Max and Matt outvoted me. They both wanted to do this, so I thought, okay. I subscribed to Netflix. I watched the movie, and I was I went in with a good attitude because I wanted to be supportive as a group member. But then the movie sucks. It's <laughs> so, so now bad. I'm kind of pissed that we're doing this because yes. I didn't want to do it, and now it's awful. Now I don't see I don't see why we're here. Well, it's I'm, not. It's I'm not so that it's bad. Glad. It is just that it is one third to maybe a fourth of a ten hour movie. And it's, there's just no resolution. No, like, there's nothing It's bad. There. And, and I'll get into why, but I don't want to be negative. So let me just go through <laughs> this a little... Let me just set up a little bit more. So to give For a, the record, yes. we, we do try to be positive, but we aren't talking about Star Wars. We are now, not so trying I guess to... It, yes. The door's open, and I guess, if we want to be negative. I will be positive on, on a couple things, but if you saw my list, there's three points that are positives, and the rest are negatives, and there's a lot. And I don't want to just bash this movie, so unnecessarily. Uh, and before people want to turn this off, because there's a lot of Snyder bros and stuff, and blah, blah, blah. But I think I have a, a theory of, of why. So I'm just going to go on a bit of, not of a rant, but here's just a quick synopsis. So the synopsis of Rebel Moon is... When a colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened by armies of the uh, tyrannical regent Balris, they dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand. Uh, this is also Zack Snyder's second film directed under the Netflix banner uh, after his deal with leaving Warner Brothers, obviously after the DCEU. This comes after Army of the Dead, um, which he also produced. Um, yeah, it's Army of the Dead, right? Thieves of... Army of Thieves is the second one we talked about, Bank Robbing. Also very good. We produced that one. Um, Rebel Moon also currently holds a 5.7 IMDb and a 23% from critics and a 61% from fans on Rotten Tomatoes. Woof. Uh, the director's cut is coming in 2024 along with a sequel, and a, which is the part two called Rebel Moon, part two, The Stargiver. I did not know that. There is a director's cut. This is a straight yeah, to Netflix movie. It. Why, yep. they why can't they put a director's cut straight out? Well, First. and I have a theory about that. I'll get to it. Uh, again, I don't want to hijack the full episode, and I won't. Don't worry. But I have a, I have a theory, because I figured this is going to go in this way. So I just have a little like rant up ahead. So 
Again, I wrote this out, so I'll ref a little bit. But let me start by saying that I love movies. They're supposed to be fun and entertaining as much as they are supposed to be heartfelt and deep. This movie, but this movie goes against every that in every single way. Again, I don't want to be ultra negative. Uh, you know, uh, but usually when you go to a movie, you want to have the audience, you know, treat the audience like they're smart. Even kids' movies, right, can shock you and go make you go on this journey. But this movie does something to me that's like absolutely egregious, and that is. That it's trying to make you think that this is the next Star Wars or the next big idea that you need to buy into this amazing property even before you see it. They're so full of themselves, they disregard most of the rules of filmmaking. People say that once you know the rules, you can break them. Quentin Tar- Tarantino is a, <laughs> is a great example of that. Sorry, am I losing you guys? Is a great example of that, right? He has nine-minute scenes, a fluid structure that doesn't fit in the traditional kind, confines, and that's all fine because it works, right? He works within the parameters of movie-making rules and structure that leads to emotion and character development, where this movie does absolutely none of that. Because it puts the cart before the horse. Again, why is there going to be a sequel already? I know it was pitched as a bigger movie, but still, you're, they're putting the cart before the horse in the fact that they think that this is already going to be the best thing you've ever seen. This is going to be amazing. Why is there talks of other spinoffs being made from this movie before it even came out. No one knows how their, the reaction, the audience's reaction, right? You have to trust the filmmakers to put something good together and have them prove it to the studios and more importantly to the audience. I was trying to think of this movie and how it fits within the zeitgeist and ultimately, I think Netflix just wants to own its own Star Wars and to loop in Snyder Cut Bros who can hop on a bandwagon and get this thing going. I don't think it's made for any other reason than that, honestly. I think people were like, oh, Zack Snyder has a Star Wars idea? People want the Snyder Cut. So they're literally giving them the Snyder Cut when nobody asked for it. Why is there a director's cut coming out months later, right? It makes no sense besides all of this is clearly planned up to be like, the Snyder Cut was a big hashtag, right? It got traction for years. The Snyder Snyder Cut came out and it was better than the original version. But it, like you said, Luke, why? Rarely, in my opinion. Yes, I know. It wasn't, it wasn't right? It, it went from like what? Like a 5 to a 7? Maybe a 5 to a 6.5? Like, I, I, I'm not going to rewatch it. It was very fine. It was average, right? But that's the thing. With the same thing with Rebel Moon. They're they're doing a DCEU thing here, and I think it might be a Snyder thing. Just for the fact, and he's not a bad director. With that being said, some of the directing choices I think in this movie are fucking crazy. But like, why are they going this quick? I feel like they think they have... A, an ace in their hand and they don't and they are just like showing it right they're like oh we have a second movie coming out you're gonna love it it's coming out in april that's like okay i could wait three more years i wouldn't care they have talks of spin-off sh- series they have a director's cut it's like they're gonna load netflix with like four movies or four ips from rebel moon and nobody cares and i wonder if that's any of that's gonna change there's a great quote from variety in this um in the review of it, which I'll read real quick, and I swear that we can be an open discussion. We'll go through positives and presumably negatives. Uh, forget who, oh, sorry, not Variety, Vulture. And the the writer wrote, Crumbling under the weight of its own visionary, uh, visionary grandiose, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon is a series of amazing-looking sets and costumes and effects looking for a story, characters, emotion, really anything that might raise a pulse. And that's the best way I can feel about it, too. It's It's all fluff. It's no substance. I don't want to. Get, I know I said I'm not going to get too negative about it, but there I go, I guess. And I, we're, we're going to get into some positives, but yeah, I want to overall see what you guys think. That's kind of my synopsis. When I was like, when I watched the movie, I was like, man, this movie is not very good. But then I, when I thought about it and the implications it had into Star Wars and the implications it have as, into cinema more, you know, in general, and why they're giving, they're spending so much money across this very average IP, it just it really irked me, <laughs> which is why I wrote that little intro. So, what did you guys think about it? Overall, top view thoughts. And then I, we can get the positives and negatives. I did not like it. 
I did not know any of this stuff, uh, like behind the scenes highbrow before I watched it. I, I don't think I'd even heard of it before you said that we wanted to do this as an episode. Yeah. And then I didn't bother watching a trailer or looking up anything because I knew I was going to watch it for yeah. this. So I was pretty lost <laughs> with like the structure of it because it was like they yeah. teased a magic because si- at first I knew it was like Star Wars-esque and it opens with basically a crawl and it, there's an empire and it's space and yeah. it's pretty similar to Star Wars in terms of the stage of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And they like tease a magic system in the very beginning and that's what I like so much about Star Wars mm-hmm. is the magic system. And then they don't really go back into it. And then I was like, oh, okay, I guess it's more like Star Trek, which is fine. I would rather a magic system. But then in like the last five minutes, they're like, oh, there's another plane of existence. And the, this guy comes back to life and there's all kinds of magic. And I was like, what the hell is happening? And then it's over. And it's like part two in a couple months. So I was like, what? Why? Why? Just why, why to all of this? I agree. And that's the thing that, I mean, Max, please go on. I've been talking for a long time. No, I I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with what you guys are saying, but I just kind of have like a, a slightly more positive outlook on it because it's really? like, I, I, I liked the idea of it more than I actually liked the movie, but the idea is just Star Wars. Exactly. So obviously <laughs> it's easy for me to say that, but like it looked beautiful. Like I really liked looking at everything. It was cool. Yeah. The visuals were nice. The magma, there were like uh, when everything, when the blasters went pew pew. And there would be mm-hmm. like magma or whatever yeah. molten metal that would come out of it. That was neat. Yeah, the action was really cool. And it it does a lot of things that kind of annoy me because Zack Snyder kind of annoys me. Um, and this movie is just super Zack Snyder-y. Like, yeah. it's like all the action is very slow-mo. The f- like Matt said, like everything, the fact that they're doing like a part one like right off the bat and they're already announcing a director's cut, which makes sense because like every single time I'm watching this, I'm like, wow, that must have been like super gruesome. And I was like, oh yeah, there's an R-rated director's cut. Like, I feel like this is the actual director's cut. They just like cut away from yeah. the deaths a split second sooner so you don't see all the gore that like would naturally they come with kill the, the way these people are dying. Main basically. villain off and they don't show him die. They Two seconds. Well, that's because he doesn't die. He comes back in two seconds. No, sorry. Spoiler alert. Charlie, Spoiler alert. Charlie Hunnam. Sorry. I was wondering oh, if he oh, died. Oh. I didn't even remember what happened to him. Who? He does die? Yeah. He, the guy, which is a cool moment, the guy from Game of Thrones. They kicked him off the ledge, didn't they? No, they, he goes to paralyze the main character. Million dollars to name all of these characters' names. <laughs> Million dollars. And then he takes it out and shoots Charlie Hunnam, oh, which is an Kira amazing was the main moment. Character. Is oh, it, he shot, he shot uh, Charlie Hunnam at with the, end? the With the paralyzer. But then so he, is he just paralyzed? Cut away, well, he shoots him in his, like, under his chin, so presumably goes into his brain. I would they're about assume. to paralyze Kira in the back of the head. Great point. Don't know. I imagine he'll be in the second one. Is that a paralyzer? I thought that was an executioner. I thought people died when they went Th- in that thing. I thought so. I thought so too. But he says paralyze them, so no one gets antsy on the. On the oh, I didn't catch that. And, and it's yeah, like I think he's just paralyzed. I think he'll be in the next part. But again, the That's rules don't make. The, but then why not show it? That's and I'm getting ahead too. But the thing that irked me was just like when they go get the guy who rides the bird from Harry Potter. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on with that sequence. You I felt like I looked away for a second and yeah. something completely different. Like I turned That's on how it was movie. when they went to get every character, though. Yes. Like the entire movie is just okay. We got to assemble this ragtag team, so they're just going from planet to planet, picking up these people. Yep. And on every planet, when they pick up this person, they just get into a different circumstance every time. Exactly. And each time, you just kind of get thrown into the middle of it, and you're like, I have no idea what's happening yes. right now. Like when they picked up the uh, spider lady. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> yeah. the spider lady. That would like that <laughs> sequence was cool. But like, I liked it. But yeah, it was like two minutes of me just being like wait what's happening right now but the but i was gonna say when he picks up the the guy who's in slavery 
who's enslaved to the guy who owns him, right? The Watto of the, of the, of the group. They don't show him for three minutes in a close-up. You have no idea who's talking. You, they are talking from, I don't know, like 15, 20 feet away together. And they're like exchanging dialogue. And then they go into the tent and see the guy shackled up who's working. And then those, the people who are going to oh, go see The guy who him, was flying the, on the... Yeah, the they, old, those two people talk. But the guy who like owns him, the bad guy in that situation, is not yeah. seen for three minutes. That's insane. You have no idea who's talking at all. You have no idea who the antagonist is within this scene. That's interesting. I you, don't remember. I don't remember anything about that scene bothering me. The thing that bothered me was they made a big deal about the uh, former war general, who's basically a gladiator now, and apparently someone else tried to recruit him before and it didn't work because he's a gladiator and like they died or whatever. Yeah. And this time they go there and there's really no conflict at all. Like, I don't know how they got him out of there, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. He was just a it. drunk sitting there and they washed him off and they're like, join us. And like, all right. Was he not enslaved, though? I thought he was there, like, against his own will. I, I don't he know. He just left voluntarily and that was okay? That's Max. There's so... <laughs> that was the one that I had a big question about. They're but, all, like, the yeah. whole thing... So, so the whole thing with the movie for me, right? It's hard for me to, like, even give this movie a rating because it's, it's literally like if you just showed somebody a new hope but then turned it off right after the cantina scene. Yeah. And it's like, so what do you think? And it's like, I don't know, man. That wasn't a whole movie. <laughs> but even I, I texted you this right after. I was like, it felt like Zack Snyder was like, you know, in the deleted scenes from A New Hope when Luke's like messing around with his binoculars looking in the sky? Mm-hmm. I felt like Zack Snyder like that cut better. <laughs> like it was all the yeah. boring shit. Like the big, I, I want to go into positives, I guess, because I have a lot of negatives. But let me just dive into the, the negative of structure here. I'm a big fan of structure. It doesn't sound fun, but I think working within confines of structure are a blast. 3X structure, 4X structure, 5X structure is great. The most basic structure I've ever seen was in this movie. In the first in the first act, the farm, we are introduced to this farming town, but not really introduced. You can't tell the scenery whatsoever. It's always in the background. It's never in the foreground. The thing that irks me, too, was when in the first couple scenes, it, you know in the volume in Mandalorian, how every scene they are able to move everything around it to make it the most perfect shot? It feels like they do the opposite of this. It's just like, here's this guy in this black crop field with this amazing scenery that's like in 5% of the screen. And the rest of it, I'm just like, what are they showing right now? Like, why are they showing? They're shooting like down. So you see her, but she's like, in the background, it's just this, these dead crops. Makes no sense. So we see this farming town that we never really get our sink, or be able to sink our teeth into. We're setting up some of these characters in the first act, like the farm girl who is never mentioned again until the very end. The second act is getting the bang back together. But the downside is that everybody has just heard of somebody that they can kind of get. So there's no interpersonal relationships or building. And then my my acts, like what you said, they're just thrust into scenarios. And then after those scenarios, those characters don't interact at all. It's like if Drax turned bad in Guardians of the Galaxy, that'd be a huge shocker. That'd be a huge moment. And they try to do that with, with Charlie Hunnam's character in this. And it doesn't pay out because I'm just like, well, yeah, why wouldn't that guy be bad? Who cares? I don't know anything about him. He doesn't have any sort of relationship with any of the other characters. It doesn't matter. And then the third act, it's just these characters go into battle. And that's the only structure in the movie. It's just like set up, gang together, big fight, and that's it. And it's like not interesting at all because it's like I think it's so basic in the fact that it's like getting the band back together. But like in the Blues Brothers, getting the band back together works because you understand who these characters are and the inner dynamics within these, within these characters. And they don't hinge the full movie on that it's like oh a little section of act two is getting the band back together and then the band's back together let's do our thing but they never do their thing (laughs) they don't even know each other the characters do not interact with one another whatsoever does the guy who is dirty and gets washed off ever interact with the lady with the weird hat i don't know i don't think they do i this is probably gonna make it sound worse honestly but 
I disagree with how you're even like breaking down the acts what? because the entire movie just felt like one single act. Because to me, oh, but this movie, yeah. this the big story that uh, Zack Snyder's mm-hmm. trying to tell is like to me a clear three act structure. Like, okay, the first act is the call to action, and you're getting mm-hmm. the gang together, right? The second act, which is going to be the next movie, is going to be they go on their mission. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to uh, take down this regent general or the empire, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then it's probably going to end with them failing, right? And then they're going to be at their lowest point, and that's going to go into Act Three, where they're going to go on their final mission, and they're finally going to be successful and grow as characters or whatever. And this mm-hmm. whole movie is two and a half hours of just that first act, just getting the band together. And it, it feels slow, even though a lot of stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's like hard for me to, like in my head, visualize the different acts. Because I'm like, this movie is really? just act one. That's interesting. Because for me, it's like, the village is all act one. It's all boring 45 minute setup of just being like why do we care about these care i don't care that the guy dies i like him because he's a good I actor disagree with that strongly i thought that really? was the best part of the movie honestly i, I, I was gonna say I, yes. the same thing i i really liked the farm parts ultimately and i did not like the rest i of do it. agree what's, that is the best part unfortunately uh, what's, what's the bald guy's name i can never remember but he's very good plays black jacket or yellow jacket and ant-man he does um how's yeah every everything with him he's great everything with him was fantastic that's more interesting part (laughs) and i i also disagree about the visuals too because really consistently i enjoyed at least looking at the entire Mm -hmm. movie um but especially away shots were great with the when you see the other planets and stuff 1000 percent. and that's what i was gonna say about the opening planet um because when you when you see them like doing the field work and in the background is like that huge planet like right behind them and Mm -hmm. everything i'm like that's just like visually super cool and interesting to look at i always liked looking at it it just kind of never the story never clicked and the whole movie like i said it's just the first act with all these different characters you're just getting the band together at this point and we have no reason to like any of these characters like you said Mm -hmm. like there's there's needs to be some more interaction between the characters something that sticks out to identify them to be like oh yeah that's this character Instead, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's the character who did this when they picked him up. But like you said, like once you picked them up, their story was done and they didn't do anything else the rest of the movie. See, most of me, most of the, we're showing Max and Luca still right here. Most of it is just blurred background with a few shots to make you think you're looking at something interesting to me. This is not, that's not an interesting shot, I don't think. Neither is this. This is just brown. Uh, but it starts with the big establishing but shot, yes, though, so you know what you're doing. Yes, what yeah. exactly. There. So it's the trick that you think you're looking at something interesting, but you're not. But, but I mean, that's it's successfully tricked though. me. Yeah. yeah. It did not for me. I, that was one of the, I was just like, what is anybody. I, man, I was. I'm, man, that's crazy to me. I was just like, the vi- the visual shots, the big intro visual shots, I think are great. But, like, man, man, I was just like, it was so weird. It's just like, again, blurred shot with brown in background. It's just so weird. Yeah, you're I've never seen anything shot, like that. It's it was, just mood and ambiance. But yeah. Star Wars would never do it, even in, in the volume. It's like, no matter how weird the volume can look, it's like, at least they give you something interesting all the time like to look at. Like, when they're in different cities, like, they're trying their best. And I feel like, I don't know. if, And that's not, that's, that's, that's not fair to compare it. But it's so weird because it is comparing it because that's what we're doing this episode for. Um, yeah, I was gonna say let's let's tr- start tying it back to Star Wars because I'm still not convinced on why we should do this episode about Rebel Moon. Yeah, the That's reason true. I wanted well, to do it was yeah. because, uh, like Matt said, like it was originally tied to Star Wars, and then uh, there's like a bunch of news articles that came out before this movie dropped about how it was supposed to be a Star Wars movie, and then when Star Wars passed on them, 
Zack Snyder's, I think it was his wife, said, yeah. F it, we'll do it uh, without Star Wars then. And yeah. the movie just kind of became like a big rallying cry, I think, for a lot of people who really don't like Star Wars anymore uh, to be kind of like the anti-Star Wars. And I see a lot of those people on YouTube who are kind of rallying behind it, like, oh, Rebel Moon, it's the new Star Wars and it's even better, yada, yada, yada. So I wanted to go into it with an open mind and Same. be like, okay, hopefully it is the new Star Wars because I love Star Wars. I wish everything was Star Wars. And then I watched it and... Like I said, I'm conflicted on it. Like, I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to recommend it to anybody until I see the next one, because maybe the next one will start to kind of, like, continue the plot or give me yeah. an actual plot, and it'll kind of help tie everything back together. Yeah. Like, if they, if they just said tomorrow, like, oh, okay, people didn't like it, uh, part two is canceled, then I'd be like, oh, okay, it was a bad movie. Yeah. Like, if that's what we have, it's bad. Mm -hmm. But because they went out of their way to be like, hey, just so you know, this is a part one, you don't start with a part one. No. Like Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Yes. Like, you watched, what is it, six movies up until that point, and then mm -hmm. the last one, they're like, oh, just so you know, it's going to be a part one and part two. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, we're already invested at that point, right? Yeah. Same thing with, like, uh, Hunger Games, whatever. There's a bunch Breaking of Breaking Bad Seasons, Sopranos, it. Mad Men. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's like, you, you do that at the end. And like you said, like, Zack Snyder clearly thinks he has something here, and I'm not convinced that he doesn't. He just hasn't showed us what it is yet. Like he hasn't, he, he hasn't told me what that it's is. Carpenter, it's the same thing with the DCEU. It's the same thing. And to bring it back to Star Wars as well as the exposition <laughs> told is just like in Star Wars when we have the crawl, it's interesting, right? They show you exposition because you, it's Star Wars is a big universe. You want to see what happens between stories. You want to set the story up. In this movie, we have we have um, <laughs> I was gonna say Anthony Daniels, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins giving a voiceover and but like that's the thing in, in star wars it craftively shows you information and then it shows you it's like oh princess leia who's princess leia here she is she's cool it's like oh there's the empire here's the empire it shows you everything in this movie it just tells you all this exposition and it shows you nothing <laughs> like even though yeah. the interesting farmland stuff again it's like it's so long because in the grand scheme it has nothing to really do with the story besides Again, think about this. The core of the movie is they don't want to sell their their crops to the Empire-esque characters. And so then they go to somehow other planets to get these characters? Like, that's an insane story. There's nothing at stake besides crops. That's weird to me, right? It's like, oh, what if Luke Skywalker had to defend his moisture? Like, that's the stakes that we're lit dealing with. But then in the... the well, that part I don't mind, though. I, I don't know. I really? don't mind that it's, like, a, a more grounded story. Like, I, neither do I. Like, a small planet if, in a bigger galaxy. If it was... I don't, I love that aspect, But that's too. not what it focuses on. No, exactly. But then it goes to all these more interesting places and all yeah. these people with actually bigger problems. That's the confusing thing. If you were to be like, oh, I have to go get my brother who's, like, on the other side of the planet. We have to go, you know, get people that are connected to the town. That's interesting. And they're like, oh, that person's on a planet farther away. So the, there is more interesting ways I think you could tell that story to get people back to the town. Because now you just have random people that people have heard of that they don't even directly know or have ever heard of. To, to help them defend their crops, which is just weird. I feel like you keep teasing me with a Star Wars connection. <laughs> I was talking about the opening crawl, basically, and how Okay, that, yeah, there, there was an opening yeah. crawl in Rebel Moon. But except it was just, it was just exposition, and it led you to nothing. And I don't, again, I, I think it's one of those things where it's just Star Wars tells a story so craftfully and is able to do it so well, even if George Lucas's original script isn't that great, and the fact that, again, it was saved in the edit for the original movie, it, it tells characters in a correct way and it gives you little nuggets of them and you want to explore them more. It doesn't overstuff anything. I think the way, you know, the it's it's perfect that you have R2-D2 and C-3PO in, those, in that original trilogy of, of the droids. If you had one more droid, it'd be too many. If you had one less, it wouldn't work, right? Like, it just 
I think those pieces, and that's like that's instinct. I don't think that's something you can teach. And I think Zack Snyder's instinct. And this sounds like I'm dissing Zack. Snyder. I love Watchmen. It's one thing, one of the best superheroes ever movies ever ever made. But I think Zack Snyder's instincts are just wrong sometimes and i don't think anybody is i think he's in that phase of george lucas in the prequel trilogy where no one tells him no because i think he's got people around him whether it's his wife like you said his wife has a production company as well um who who made this and shopped it around and, and everything which is like yeah i would do the same thing if my wife had a production company and yeah you know i mean go watch obscura yeah. um but you know it's one of those things i feel like it's I don't know. It just someone needs to tell him no. I think we're be more a little bit more collaborative as well. And I think we've talked about this on the show before too. But back in the day, seventy seven, making movies was just a lot harder, and it required a lot yeah. more hands on deck. It was a lot more of a collaborative process. Even though George Lucas wanted to retain as much control as he w- could, mm-hmm. it was still very collaborative. And I feel like collaboration is just what this movie is missing because it yes. is very Zack Snydery. And yeah, like you said, like he, mm-hmm. he didn't surround himself with anyone to say no. Like it's, yeah. I think that's the problem. Like Zack Snyder wrote it, directed it, yeah. produced it, edited it. Like he did everything, and we got exactly what he had in his head. Yeah, and it's just like not resonating with no. us. It's like you you needed to bounce around a couple ideas with a couple other creatives yeah. first, and that's why I'm kind of glad that not kind of really glad that this isn't Star Wars because I don't want Zack Snyder and his style because he has one and is very strong to touch mm-hmm. Star Wars. Like, I don't mind Zack Snyder. Like you said, I really like Watchmen. I think that style of movie lends well to his style. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he should do Star Wars. I think there's a lot of people like that where I'm like, I like them, but I don't want them touching Star Wars. Same. Right? Like Quentin Tarantino you brought up before, no, too. Yeah. I actually do not like Quentin Tarantino. But even if you do, I feel like you can at least acknowledge like he should not go near Star Wars. Like no. That's just not something that his style lends well to. I wouldn't want Christopher Nolan doing a Star no, Wars movie. No, I agree. That's the thing, and that's why, sorry, that's what I was going to bring up earlier. Um, Charmaine, who's doing the Ray movie, perfect person, has never directed a feature-length narrative movie before. She is a, a journalist. She is, you know, she's like an Ivy Leaguer from Stanford. I think Stanford's Ivy League, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have a master's degree. And um, they, I, I think that's the perfect person to do it. You need these directors who are relatively unknown that come from other parts of the world. Um, I don't mean necessarily like actually geographically, but I just mean like what you're doing. Like, you don't need to be a Hollywood insider or the biggest director of all time. You just need to trust people with a distinct and, and interesting vision. Um, I also want to get into like what it means for Star Wars, but the last thing I'll yeah. say about the structures, sort of God, is that there's an adage from Billy Wilder who wrote Sunset Boulevard, some like a hot, the apartment, some of the best written movies ever. Um, and it goes that if you if you have a problem in your third act, you have a problem in your first act. I think that's the biggest problem in this movie is that it doesn't hinge anything on the first act, and that's the th- and that's the thing that irks me is just like all these characters. It's just like at the end of it in Star Wars, at the end of Star Wars, you feel something when Obi Wan Kenobi dies, right? Because like he has a Weird. He's got a fun relationship with Han Solo. I think it's a little like uh, tongue in cheek with them, right? He, you know, Luke Skywalker looks up to him. We know Leia is looking for Obi Wan. So when he dies, it actually hits, right? And we know Darth Vader is like a big scary guy. So it hits. And in Rebel Moon, it's like when Charlie Hunnam turns. It's just like, man, I wish I knew this character and I liked him more. Charlie Hunnam is a really good actor, and I think he's all the actors and all the characters seem very interesting. I like that they play against tropes too. You know, the guy from Game of Thrones who's like, I'm just a farmer, even though he's like jacked as hell. <laughs> it's just like, okay. But it's like he doesn't really know how to fight. He just he saves the girl in that spider scene. But it's like maybe that's development, I guess. And then the only character that has any sort of any sort of um 
uh, character development is the robot. I was about to say, the robot and was my favorite. doesn't part. even go on the adventure with them. Yeah. So it's like they leave him behind. Because So Luke, this is what I was going to ask you about Star Wars, and I want to ask you about Rebellion. There's a lot of weird creatures in this movie. Yes, I quite liked that. Please, yes, so I want to hear your th- your your opinions on the the robot. I want to hear your opinions on the different creatures, and if you think these creatures would work in the Star Wars universe, or if you think they would, you know, how they worked within this movie. I think any of them would work in the Star Wars universe. Yes, um, the robot. I was I was pretty lost on. I mean, he was in like the first, not even the the farming act. He was in like the first fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and then he shows up again at the end. But he's got a crown, and, and he has a crown of antlers. But it's like he—he's not a character in this movie. Like, what—what <laughs> what is that robot doing on my screen? I was very lost on that. Um, there were a lot of really unique-looking aliens. There was that one that like took over someone's body and talked through him. That was really neat. Yeah. Uh, a lot of other aliens that I thought were cool. The lightsabers were cool for discount lightsabers. Yeah. I don't know the the lore stuff. The discount lightsabers. <laughs> The, the creature design, I thought, was great. Similar to Star Wars, they're all background characters, and I thought they could have done with another one or two of them mm-hmm. as the main characters instead of so many regular humans. Yeah. But I, no preference, I really. like the, the scuzzy guy who like wanted to have sex with the, with the farmer in the bar. That creepy alien pig guy. Who ends up yeah, bringing back looked, his buddies. Like He was pretty freaky, I thought. He was really well... In the cantina scene? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty one-to-one recreation of a cantina. It scene. was, and that's that's uh, just. Did a you think they were going to cut off his arm when he came back? I almost did. Uh, there was something that I think within this movie too that that was weird. Is that like I think Star Wars works so well visually, and it's it's just a perfect right. It's like you don't go too far with the costumes that for like you know Nazi Germany. You don't go too far with the you know. It's like everything looks really it meshes really well together. Even though you have like this, it's the contrast, the sleek side of the Empire, the really raggedy side of the Rebellion. And for this, it was very weird because you know we obviously Zack Snyder made three hundred, so there's like this weird Roman Empire esque um, the visual style to it. But there's also this very samurai style to it with like the the bad guys armors who by the way you can't tell distinguish those people at all they should just have helmets on the entire time because when they're like taking that girl in to the shed i'm like i don't know who i thought this guy was already the guy yeah the stormtroopers looked dumb yeah that was a step back yes and so i think just like another visual thing where it's just it just needs to be i've not usually i'm just like less cooks in the kitchen but like we need we need a couple more cooks in this kitchen honestly to make any sort of semblance of a meal quinlan voss was cool and his tribe i don't remember what the Rebel Moon equivalent of his name was, but it was oh, basically yes, just yes. Quinlan Voss. It was Quinlan Voss, basically. Yeah, good call. Time out to Star Wars. I, I disagree about the aesthetic. Really? I thought it was really cool. Yeah, but that it was... To me, it didn't make any... It, it was... Each section was cool, but it didn't feel like it was in the same universe or planet, because I'm just like, it's Roman Empire, it's it's the samurai, and then also like this weird grittiness. I just... I, there was like th- three things... I don't know. Yeah, I liked all that too. I mean, they're Damn. they're different. They are different planets. Yeah, the, I, that's true. The the visuals, I can't say enough good things about. I think that was by far the best thing in the movie. Like, and like I said, at no point did I look at something mm-hmm. and just like not enjoy what I was looking at. I thought the entire thing looked really yeah. good. It was just the story itself. <laughs> like I said, because you keep coming back to this act structure thing, and I'm like, I really don't think 
even Zack Snyder wants you looking at it like that. I don't think so either, but it's it's just so plainly there. It's just because again, I don't. It, it is. It's an yeah. unforced error because, yeah. like I said, you don't do a part one to kick something no. off. Like yeah, but like if that's what they're doing, then you have to go into it accepting that and just being yeah. like, okay, this is going to be part one. And I thought it was going to be part one of two, but like I said, I feel like it's a part one of three or more. I don't I, think so. Did you no see the trailer idea, for Stargiver? It's the it's like the final conclusion. They're just fighting in the in that because they at the end of. A child of fire, they may get back to that home planet. Right. And then the third act is just them preparing and fighting the entire time. Well, we'll see what you the pacing what? is like. That's all, that's all they together, wanted this but... movie to be anyway. They don't have any story to tell. They just yeah. want to make a lot of cool action sequences, which they did, but Correct. that doesn't yeah. make a good movie like or one that I want to watch again. Charlie Hunter Turning Bad is a perfect end of the second act into the third act, you know, and they just don't they don't they don't do it. They don't go there. Anyway, the last little section before the comment section, I guess. So this is like again, Max. You you already answered this, but Luke, what to you would it mean to this be in the Star Wars universe? Like, if this was made to Star Wars, like, what do you think it would work? Do you think it would not work? I assume we know the answer, but I, I mean, it's basically just Star Wars, but looks cooler. So yeah, it could work if they tightened up the story. I don't think that the that Zack Snyder wanted it to be a Star Wars movie really warrants us even having this discussion, to be honest. <laughs> I don't care that Zack Snyder... I want all my movies to be Star Wars movies mm-hmm. also. So, like, I just, I just don't see the, the gravitas of that news article that you guys seem to. I, it's one of those things where, like, I think it's the implications of, like, I'm glad that he's trying to do something different that you, that you can sink your teeth into, but that's the thing. is like, I don't, I don't think I want everything to be Star Wars. I still want it to be special, you know? It's one of those I things agree. that... And there, right? are, there are countless other directors and writers and movies and series mm-hmm. that I'm glad are not Star Wars. Yeah. And this does not seem any more special than any of those. I, and I think it's one of those things that just to be, you know, just be sci-fi. You don't have to be Star Wars. You know, if, if it's Star Wars is a very specific thing, I think. And then um, the, I think the last thing I'll say about what, you know, um, if what I think about would be in a, if it was in the Star Wars universe and, and are a couple, you know, to follow up on a, a comment that we, one of our friends made a couple months ago, we mentioned the podcast is one of our friends, Travis, who has soured on Star Wars over the years, asked us a few months ago, what would it take for us to say that that was a, something bad in Star Wars? And this is that, this would be it. <laughs> this would be, this is what it would take to say that this is not very good. Anyway. So lastly, guys, uh, what did you, I know we, I mostly I, let's be real, I guess, bashed this movie the entire time. It was a, it was a weirdly a, I, again, a fun watch, and it's just nothing. To, it just again irked me with the implications overall, uh, what it means to like filmmaking or sci-fi, and also what it means again just the cart before the horse. Um, but it was like a fun watch, and I'm looking forward to seeing part two to see if it wraps up. And I know this is a part one of part two, so it's kind of hard I, to get. I'm definitely going to see part two. Me too. The part one did not stop me from watching part two. I will not be watching part two, and I will push back a little bit harder when you guys want me to do it for this <laughs> podcast because I'm know, still not convinced that this is a Star Wars. It is podcast. Star Wars. It, it is literally Star Wars. You watch the movie and you squint and you're like, oh, yes, this is Star Wars. I just feel like I didn't get to talk about everyone Star Wars. In the Star Wars community, everyone in the Star Wars community is talking you know about it. would be interesting, it. though, maybe if you did, if you hosted the part two. <laughs> I don't want to watch part two. I don't want to talk about this series. All right. Looking for part two, Stargiver, Matt's Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe so, this would be more appropriate. Last, as a Rogue last one. thing, would you, how would you, would you give it out of 10, I guess? Last, last little section. I don't know. Six. Okay. And A. What? And A. And A. Not, not, not available. <laughs> this is not a full movie. <laughs> I, you I, you I, can't I, rank it. I don't know. Maybe I'll see part two and I'll be like, wow, this was an incredible series. Yes. I give it an eight out of ten. You can, uh, yeah, you shouldn't say a, it's a series out of a movie, though, even too. But I, right now I'd give it a five, but we have to see where it goes. 
fun watch, but would not watch again. Yeah. If I if gun to my head, I had to give it a number right now. I'd probably give it a five as well. Anyway, moving to more positive section, we have some comments. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lindy reached out to us to gush with me about the higher public, which was really exciting. Um, I did not convince her to start reading the higher public, but she also reads it and she's a fan. So that was exciting. Um, she also what? asked about ads and how uh, she gets ads local to her area and whether we're like spying on her and how we did that. Uh, Podbean handled all that, but it doesn't matter because we're done with ads. I finally convinced Max and Matt that it is making our podcast worse than the amount of money it's bringing in, which is, as we've said before, fractions Hundreds. of pennies. Oh. <laughs> it was negligible. With that being said, we are looking for sponsors. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to monetize in a different way, but boy, did I hate listening to myself talk about Star Wars and then be interrupted by an ad of all Terribly things. Terribly placed. Well, what did it to me was that you were recommending somebody our podcast, and you even said, yeah, I told them to go to YouTube, though, so that they don't have to listen to the ads. And I'm like, well, if we're specifically turning people away from the ads. I then. also did that. <laughs> yeah. They were awful. Writing was on the wall. I was good like, riddance. All right, all right. It was It was cool that we were able to do it. We qualified for it. Thank you, yes. listener, for listening to us. <laughs> yeah, There's enough you. of you that we were able to monetize it, uh, but not quite enough that we could get anything actually meaningful from Yes, it. but if we get more listeners, then we can read them ourselves, and that would be fun as hell. Because yeah. as anybody knows, has listened to this, I love making scripts, complicated scripts for us to read. <laughs> <laughs> and so does Luke, as of last episode or two episodes ago. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Lucian also reached out to represent the younger generation in Star Wars. Uh, during our ranking Star Wars episode months ago now, uh, Max said and Max agreed that when they talk about Star Wars with um, friends and family, that, that's always like A New Hope and Empire and 1 and 2 and it's a toss-up. Um, and Lucian reached out and said that he's younger. I forget uh, how young he is. I think he said he was like 9 when yeah, 17, um, I think, right? The Force Awakens came out. So uh, he said that whenever he, hear, whenever he talks about it with his friends, it's always Empire and Revenge of the Sith. And I think that's really interesting that... We're just old, yeah. not a touch. And one day it'll be Revenge of the Sith and The Last Jedi, and then yeah. one day it'll be The Last Jedi and whatever the new, yeah. maybe the new Ray movie. Who knows? We're, we're having three babies this year. Those babies are going to grow up, and Empire, Revenge, and The Last Jedi are going to just be all things that just were always there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. He also very passionately defended the CG in the Hobbit movies, which we kind of bashed on, and I still kind of don't agree with I, him. I, one th I but fully don't agree with him. <laughs> I, I want to give him a voice for the discourse that there are people out there that like the CG in the Hobbit movies, and I think yeah, may not be any of us. To, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, and I, I think I even said something along those lines. I was like, "Hey, keep up the good fight. Like, if it's if it's meaningful to you and you're passionate about it, don't give up, even if I disagree, because <laughs> yep. I do disagree. I, I I don't like the don't Hobbit nearly as much as Lord of the Rings. But good for you, man. I, I think that's the thing too is the Hobbit isn't bad if Lord of the Rings didn't exist. The, the CGI is it's fine. It's fine. It's not great, but when you have Lord of the Rings, you, you can't compare it. It's I, hard. I kind of thought the CGI was bad. Well, and whenever I think of the CGI of The Hobbit 2, I always think about the frames per second issue that it also had. Oh, no, no, because that's the only we way can't that I saw open it. this back up. It doesn't make sense to me. But it, it's and, more and of pictures kinda, within a second, Maxwell. But how do our eyes see more than what they already see, Matthew? Bec what, what, how many frames do we register in real life? Like 24 frames per second, like for example, is like movies, and 25 frames is 
British TV shows, which is why British TV shows. But like, shows what am I looking weird. at right now? Like, what is my what do my eyes and brain there's process? No, there's What's no, the maximum? I don't know. There's no pictures in front of you. That's but, how I mean, you, that's how we. But that's gotta be. Isn't that blowing your mind right no, now? Because it's how somehow you, a movie just put more pictures, and your eye was just able to see. Yes, more? because in the second, why don't I see that captures, in real life? Because it just looks like real life. That's that is what you see in real life. It's more like what you see in real life. Everything looked fast. It was like sped up and weird looking. Yeah, because you're used to watching movies at 24. I actually didn't really notice the high frame rate that much when I first saw it, and I still I have to look at it. Look for it when I, I watch it. Get now. over it. Yeah. It was like three hours, and I never yep. got used to it. You did. It gave me a we headache. all saw it together. I think yeah. I felt that was back when midnight premieres were actually at midnight. Yes. And I remember because I fell asleep. I think at all, all three, three of them. them. And part of it was because of the frame rate. It was because one I had of to our... like close my eyes for seconds at a time and be like, I still can't get used to that, it. Yeah, that's why. I remember we we were. It was the three of us and also your brother Mike. Yes. And I was sitting next to him. And when the logo started going, he like rolled his eyes and was like, Oh man, I forgot about the high frame rate. And I was like, You have to be making this up. There's no way <laughs> my, this no. looks different to you. <laughs> Also, Luke, I was trying to be nice about the CGI. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we don't have to yeah, like it just because uh, someone else does. I mean, everyone can like and dislike whatever you fancy yourself. And I, d- I just wanted to give that guy a voice that yeah. there are people out there that like CG. Because if one person said it to us, there are other people listening that also think it. And That's true. I don't want them to feel alienated and like yeah, they're wrong. Exactly. No one's right or wrong. We just all happen to agree and this guy disagrees. So mm-hmm. um, I keep saying this guy. It was Lucian. And thanks for reaching out, Lucian. Um, that's all we had for comments, though. Anyone have any force for thought? Uh, I had another comment, actually, oh, I'm real sorry. quick. Um, I remembered it, like, halfway through as you were talking. It actually comes from our very own Sammy. Um, oh. Because in an episode a couple uh, weeks back, uh, we were talking about the voice actor for Callus, and we were talking about live-action castings, and we were... we talked about how the voice actor for Callus is actually a black guy yeah. and how that would be like kind of awkward to be like, oh, hey, we liked you for the voice, but for obvious reasons, right. you're not the right guy for the job. And it was just funny that I think we kind of overlooked like a very big instance of exactly that happening in Star Wars very famously. Do you James know Earl is? Jones? Yeah. And none of us really brought up the fact that that's exactly what happened with Darth Vader. And hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, I guess that is true. So he kind of pointed that out. He was like, well, it's the same thing with James Earl Jones and Darth Vader. And I was like, well, it's the opposite of that, though. True. I never thought of that. They, no, they, it's a black act, black voice actor yeah. for a, a white character. Yeah, but it was he, James Earl Jones did the opposite. He was the guy afterwards. He replaced the the OG guy's voice. It wasn't the other way around. Oh, you because know. David Prowse was the original and then they went back and changed it, you mean? Yes, yeah, because they changed his voice yeah. to James Earl Jones Have you after. ever heard the uh, the original yes. David Prowse voicing? <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Yes, not not great. Definitely a good move to have replaced that. Yes, James Earl Jones. One of the kind. Also, John Williams is out of retirement again. Do you see that? <laughs> that sounds fake. What does that mean? Sorry. I don't he even... wrote a tune in his retirement home and wants to publish it now? No, he said he's open to taking more gigs, so... Force for Thought theme song 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot underestimate how much money we need. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope that didn't sound mean-spirited. I do like John Williams, but he's 91. Like, yeah, I, yeah. How how out of retirement can you really come? He's not going to score a movie at 91. He's not going to take more gigs. I don't know. I'd be shocked. I sh- don't know why I didn't mention this earlier on. Yeah, that's news. We get it right. talking about. All right. See you, Sammy. Does anyone have any force for thought? Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, Sammy, come back. I, I miss Sammy, come back. Sammy, do not leave. I repeat, do not leave. Uh, it's going to sound even McClunkier because I'm the one with the force for thought. It comes to us from The Rise of Skywalker. I was rewatching it, and uh, at the end, you guys you guys remember how it ends. You know, they destroy the, the lead ship, and then Poe says, their fleet is stuck here. They're toast. Come on. But, like, how stuck are they? <laughs> Should we go back at some point and, like, actually destroy all the rest of these 
hundreds, thousands of Star Destroyers? Are they all just sitting on Exegol? Because they were built by the people living on Exegol. And so surely they could just keep building them and build another way to get out, build another lead Star Destroyer to get out, if that's the only one that could really do it. Man, and they were still able to shoot and yeah. destroy the ships. There's yeah. I never thought about that, just how small of a victory that part actually was. They're, they're, they're definitely stuck there, like, for now. All they but. did was make sure that they can't leave, but it's like, well, you, you still got to destroy them. New trilogy, my friends, <laughs> you know? Going back to Exegol. I mean... I don't know. Right when they think that, like, you pulled me back. You guys recall, back in episode nine, it was actually sad that they were still stuck here. <laughs> I'm there, there it is. All right, see you, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs>